Good morning and welcome to Old Providence Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. Frost on the pumpkin today, right? It's a little bit brisk outside and all this wind, mercy. What a blessing it is to have a nice warm sanctuary where we can gather together and worship the Lord. And worship we shall. But first, let me welcome you again, especially those of you who may be visiting. I am not, now normally I'm outside under the portico shaking hands after the sermon. I'm not going to do that today. I don't want my ears to shatter and I might have a head full of hair by the time it's over with. I don't want to do that. Nobody needs to be lingering around in this wind especially. So I'll be down here at the front. If you're a visitor, I would love to uh, to meet you. Now, um, again, welcome to you. As far as announcements go, let me just point you to the bulletin. There are some important announcements about things like the fact that we are not having prayer meeting this coming Wednesday. All right, no prayer meeting this coming Wednesday or Bible study. But we are having youth group tonight at 5.30. And speaking of youth group, our annual Thanksgiving slash holiday meal fundraiser is coming up in less than two weeks, okay? December 3rd. Parents, we need your help and we definitely need your children's help. And all of you, please be aware that pre-ordering is necessary. We're kind of doing a hybrid thing this year where if you want to eat in, we're actually going to be having it here and there will be limited seating available, but you need to sign up for that and you do need to pre-order your meal. The bulletin speaks of this, but there are forms available in the hallway out here on the table that you can volunteer to bring things. All, all sorts of things are going on with this, but thank you in advance for your help and for your support. Christy or Carrie, am I missing anything that I need to say? But you do need to reserve your meal, right? Yeah, you do need to pre-order your meal. So be aware of that. There's other things going on too that again are in your bulletin. There's a joint meeting of the session and diaconate today at 4 p.m. We have a congregational meeting in two weeks for the budget and other things. Um, we're taking up a special offering today. There's an insert in your bulletin about that for the ARP church. Um, also, I have a visual aid. It is time to renew your ARP magazine, so please be aware of that. Um, let me see. Oh, one more thing. Next week, we are celebrating communion together. So begin to prepare your hearts. Prepare your hearts for that special time. It's also special because we are returning to our traditional way of doing communion, where we will pass the plates. Also, we are going to return to passing the offering plates and doing an offertory in the worship service. Now... If you're nervous about passing the plates and taking the communion in that way because of COVID and other things, we will have some prepackaged elements in the back of the sanctuary like we normally do if you would like to participate that way. Now, again, other stuff is going on. I'm going to let you find it in your bulletins. But again, I welcome you. What a joyous thing it is that the Lord has given us this time together. Let's prepare our hearts for worship as Donna leads us in the prayer. Thank you, Donna. In light of the fact that Thanksgiving is this week, it's Thanksgiving Sunday, it's only appropriate that our call to worship is the old hundred, Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. 
and his truth endureth to all generations. You know, that includes you and me. The fact that the Lord has always preserved his people. The fact that the Lord has preserved his word and by his Holy Spirit, he enables us, he empowers us to carry the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the generations that follow us. We are the product of his faithfulness and his truth enduring to all generations. There are so many reasons we have to be thankful, so many reasons for gratitude, but let us always remember the Lord's goodness as we come now to worship him. Let me now lead us in prayer, after which we'll pray the Lord's Prayer together and then confess the Apostles' Creed. Let's go to our Lord now. Our Father, what a blessing it is that you have brought us here, that in the midst of this sunshiny weather, but weather that is rather cold and windy, we enjoy the benefit of having this place. You have provided it for us. And not only this place, even more so, we have the benefit of coming together, not just as individuals, but as your people, united together in Jesus Christ. And it's all due to your mercy, your goodness, your love, and your faithfulness to all generations. Oh, Father, as we enter into this, into this time, we, we pray that you would give us grateful hearts, that you would turn our minds to you, that we would remember all of these things that you have done for us. And as a result, oh, Father, that we would worship you, worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray these things in Christ's name, and we also pray as he taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And as we say the Apostles' Creed together, let me now ask you, Christian, what is it that you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen indeed. And now let us sing that great hymn of thanksgiving, hymn number 18 in the red hymn books. We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. Please stand with me as we sing together hymn number 18.
and you may be seated except for children. Come on down for the children's sermon. got a scooch in together there we go do we have room for two more yes we're excited to see chloe there we go all righty well good morning everybody boy that was a weak good morning i heard gabe and maybe one more let's try again good morning everybody good morning that is much better <laughs> it is good to see y'all this week i hope that you have had a very good week and I know that this coming week is going to be good. You know how I know? Because you're going to have some time off from school this week, right? What is coming up this week? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, that's right. You got it. Now, does anybody do anything fun on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Hang out with family. Hang out with family. That's a lot of fun. Does anybody have a favorite thing that they get to eat on Thanksgiving? Hmm? Nothing comes to mind? Dessert? Man, you said it. That's a, that's a very good thing to eat any day of the year. But nevertheless, that's good. Now, Thanksgiving is important. We talked about this last week, right? But, but not just the day. Last week, we talked about how important Thanksgiving is and how important it is to take the time to thank God for what he's done for you. And we read different Bible passages because the Bible talks all about remembering what God has done. Now, today, I said we were going to do this. Today, I want to talk about some reasons to be thankful. You know, no matter what happens to you, no matter how old you get, no matter where you go, there are lots of reasons that we can be thankful to God for what he's done on Thanksgiving and on every day. Now, the first reason I'm going to tell you that you can be thankful for what God has done for you is that God is the reason that you're alive right now. Did you know that? In Job 33, God's word tells us, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. That's what God does. The fact that we're all here today in this room is all because of God's blessings. But not only does God give you life, God takes care of you. Listen to this in Isaiah 41.10. God says, Fear not... For I am with you. Be not dismayed. That means upset. Be not upset because I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Have you ever needed somebody to hold you up for something? Maybe you got sick or maybe you hurt your ankle. Sometimes we need people to come alongside and help us to not fall down. That's what God does for us. So we can be thankful that God gives us life. We can be thankful that God takes care of us. But we should also be thankful for the greatest gift that God has given to us. What is that gift? Don't say dessert. That's not it. What's the greatest gift God has given to us? It's not a thing. It's a person. Right? That's exactly right. Very well done. Jesus, does anybody know what John 3.16 says? Y yes. Does anybody know what John 3.16 says? It says, for God so loved the world, right, that he gave his, that's right, why? That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's exactly right, y'all. You know, it's very important that we're alive right now, and it's very important that God provides for us. But the most important thing is that God has given us Jesus so that we can be saved from our sins, so that we can be with him forever. Now, y'all, we celebrate Thanksgiving one day, but we really ought to be thankful every day for what God has done for us. And just remembering those three things can help you do that. But there's lots of other things, too, that God has done for you. And I want y'all to think about those things on Thanksgiving, yes, but today and every day. And remember to not only thank God, but remember to tell other people what God has done for you, okay? Let me pray for you. Our Father, I thank you so much for these children. I pray your blessings upon them. Help them to remember your gifts. Help them to remember your blessings. And not only them, help the rest of us to remember this too so that we would live thankful lives, praising you for what you've done. Thank you, Father, for your love and for your mercy. 
Now please go with these children and be with us in the rest of the service. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all can go. Watch out for these steps. Now, as the children are going to Children's Church, let's take this time to go to our Lord together in silent prayer, and then I will lead us in the pastoral prayer. Let's go to him now. Eternal God and Heavenly Father, it's with the sound of children's feet resonating still in the hallway that we come to you with such grateful hearts. Grateful that as we have already learned from your word, that you are faithful to all generations, preserving a people for yourself. Your son is keeping his word to build his church, and we're so grateful. We are thankful also because of what we have lifted up, that from the beginning, the fight we were winning not because we're mighty warriors in the faith, but instead, Father, because of the power of your Holy Spirit in us. Give us grateful hearts as we contemplate who you are, who we are, and who we would be without you. You have provided for us in every way. You sustain us. You maintain the universe around us and yet, you know us so well. And you love us not with some lofty, far-off love. You, you love us as a perfect father loves. And all by the blood of Jesus Christ. For in he alone our redemption has been purchased. In him alone do we stand. In him alone do we even come to you now. We, we didn't bring an animal to sacrifice this morning. We don't have some earthly high priest as our go-between. Instead, your son is our high priest, seated at your right hand, interceding on our behalf. Your son is our sacrifice once and for all, not sacrificing himself so we can follow his example alone, but instead being our substitute. In the midst of the busyness, in the midst of this time of the year, where oftentimes emotions can run very high and busyness abounds, let, let us not get so caught up in these things that we miss you, that we forget your loving kindness, and also at the same time we forget to proclaim it to others. As we think about the world around us and the symptoms of the problem, that problem, of course, is that they don't know you and they don't have Jesus Christ. As, as we think about the symptoms, we see it all manifest in a world that doesn't stop anymore to thank you. They get so wrapped up in the motions or the wickedness of self-actualization and whatever the catchphrase of the day is that that the world just forgets you. Let us be people that remember. Let us remember you both in times of difficulty and in times of ease. As we consider these things, we know that our congregation faces challenges. Many among us are sick. Some of them new sicknesses, some of them old, some resulting from surgery, some with surgery on the way. You know these things, Father, so please come to their aid. Give them a special measure of grace as they wait on healing and let them know that you are there with them. Help us also to love them as you have commanded and make that our desire. Still others face challenges. The challenges of loss. Sometimes that's the loss of loved ones. Sometimes that's the loss of opportunity. Sometimes it's the grieving that's associated not with anyone going away, but Perhaps someone not coming. Perhaps it's realizing what life is and thinking that it's not supposed to be this way. 
I don't know, Father, but you know where everybody is in this room. You know better than we do. So by the power of Jesus Christ, through your Holy Spirit, would you work in our hearts? Transform us, Father, for the sake of your kingdom and for our good. So that we would go out into the nation around us, to the world around us, and proclaim the riches of Jesus Christ. For this is the only answer. To a world that is wandering and wandering, it is only the gospel of Jesus Christ that has the power ultimately to save. So Father, help us to be mindful of these things, both today, on Thanksgiving Day and beyond, that we would be grateful people and that our joy would point others to you and our work. And we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you very much, Choir. What a fitting and excellent reminder that is. I hope you pay attention to the lyrics um, and what the choir offers. I think there was a line in my seasons of bounty and seasons of want. You know, it's very easy to forget God in both. When we go through times of great trouble, the temptation we can have is to forget God and focus only on the trouble. But when we go through a time of blessings, right, and a time of bounty, we can also forget the Lord in our ease and in our comfort. So thank you very much, choir. Now, it's hard to believe, but Thanksgiving is here, right? Where did this past year go? I ask this because 
Thanksgiving is sort of an unofficial start to the holiday season, right? Uh, it seems like yesterday was Christmas, and yet here we are again. And what a year it has been, right? We're still dealing with COVID. But we've had the added pleasantries of things like inflation skyrocketing and the, the labor shortage. Y'all, I don't think the drive through at the Burger King and Rafing has been open since last Christmas, and yet, here we are. At least it feels like that. But other things, right? Midterm elections, the war in Ukraine, fuel prices. It just goes on and on. But the reality is, is that personally, you all have faced some real difficulties this past year too. Several of our loved ones have passed. Sickness and other medical challenges have really picked up. The reality is that you may not, not have had too much time really to focus on things like inflation or COVID. And yet, here we are, time marches on. Christmas will be passed and 2023 will be here before we know it. But I contend that this is all the more reason for that day and even more so that practice that so many forget, namely the practice of offering thanksgiving. And again, no, I'm not talking about just the national holiday I mean Thanksgiving as a way of life. But in life, in light of how life works, the business of life, the distractions, the everything, how? And how do we make Thanksgiving a way of life? What's the best way to give thanks even? Is it to have one day set apart, right, where most people are off from work or school and we cook a whole lot and we eat a whole lot and maybe we watch football and then... Maybe we're thankful before Black Friday hits and we trample each other for a $7 toaster. Is that it? Y'all know better, of course not, right? But really, again, as we think about these questions, what's the best way to give thanks? How, how do we make Thanksgiving a way of life? God tells us how in his word. And he tells us in the book of Psalms, Psalm 107 to be precise. So go ahead and take your Bibles. And turn with me, if you open up your Bibles to the middle, you'll probably be in the Psalms. Uh, but Psalm 107 is where we're going to be today. And I'm actually going to be reading from the King James Version this morning, not because I must, but because I may. Um, it's just better than other translations for Psalm 107. And don't worry, there's not too much of the King's English. We'll, we'll make it through. But Psalm 107 is where we will be today. And this is where we will find the answers to those questions. How do we make Thanksgiving a way of life? That question that so few ask. What's the best way to give thanks? Psalm 107, we'll start reading in verse 1, but before we read anything, let's go to our Lord in prayer. Our God and our Father, please be with us now. Um, as I've just talked about, we face so many different things. We face hurt, loss, heartache, distractions, um, even the emotional sentiment that is attached to this time of the year, we pray that by your Holy Spirit we would be able to see through these things, that the truth of your word, the beauty of your word would come blazing forth, and as a result of hearing and reading your word, we would be changed by it. Let us see how to live a life of thanksgiving. Let us see the best way to offer thanks. We won't see this. And more, let us see more. But, but we'll see none of it without the Holy Spirit. So please, guide us now. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. So Psalm 107, beginning in verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. It says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the land of the enemy, and gather them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses, and he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfieth the longing soul. 
and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. And we'll stop reading right there. May God bless the reading of his holy, inerrant, and infallible word. Amen and amen. Now, before I began reading, I asked these questions. How do we make Thanksgiving a way of life? What's the best way to give thanks? And after reading our text in Psalm 107 here, we find the answer to these questions twofold, right? It's a twofold answer, and it's in the form of two separate commands. And they kind of act like bookends, right? One's at the beginning of the passage, one is at the end of the passage. So how do we make Thanksgiving a way of life? What's the best way to give thanks? The first answer is actually found in verse 2. Now, verse 1 contains the command to give thanks, but it's in verse 2 that we're given the specifics. It says in verse 2, because of verse 1, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And you'll notice there that Lord is in all caps, right? So we know that this is the personal name of God given to God's people. And God's people are to call not on just some God, not a God, but on their God. The God with whom they have a relationship. It says again, what are we to do? How are we to give thanks? What's the best way? How are we to live a life of thanksgiving? The first way is to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, what's he talking about here? You know, there are many ways to offer thanksgiving. While there are many ways also to live out our thanks, the command God gives, the best way to live a life of thankfulness and give praise is to proclaim your thankfulness, to say it, to put words behind the idea, behind the emotion, behind the sentiment. Now, before we get into the why, why should we proclaim our thankfulness? Why should we say it? Let's ask first, to whom should we proclaim our thankfulness? It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Should we say so to God that we're thankful? To yourself? To other people? I mean, God's word is rather vague here, isn't it? It doesn't tell us who we are to proclaim our thankfulness to, does it? The answer is no. It, it doesn't get specific. But therein is the answer. Do we proclaim our thankfulness? Do we show our thanksgiving to God? To ourselves, to others, to believers, to non-believers, to our families, to our co-workers, to our fellow church members? Yes. You see, God's word is intentionally broad here about saying so. It doesn't tell us specifically who to tell that we are thankful. It's intentionally broad here. Because as those who have been redeemed by Jehovah, by God, as those who belong to God, a truth is revealed here, and it's that our entire lives should exhibit thanksgiving. Thanksgiving should be the defining action and characteristic of God's people, both in word and in action. God's people should exhibit gratitude and thanksgiving in every area of life to all people in life and certainly to God. And the only way to carry out this command to not forget Psalm 107 is to actually do this, to let our praises and our thankfulness be known. This is where the command comes in to say so. Y'all realize this, thanksgiving is not just an emotion. It's not just a sentiment. It's not just a nice, warm feeling that you have when you reflect on what God has done. Thanksgiving is not just about you and God. No, instead, what we are called to do is make sure that Thanksgiving is public. And the only way to be public with your Thanksgiving is to say that you are thankful, to, to let it be known that you are thankful. And again, y'all, this is about both words and action. There's a really popular quote out there, and it's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, and it says something like, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. Boy, that hits you, doesn't it? That is nice. That could go on a bumper sticker. It could go on a coffee cup. I mean, really and truly, and I'm not poking fun at this. There's a lot of truth in what's being said here. 
um, St. Francis probably didn't say it. It doesn't matter who said it because really and truly, if your life doesn't back up what you say with your mouth, then what you say with your mouth doesn't matter. Right? Talk is cheap. But here's the thing. As spiritual as this sounds, and it does, as good as this sounds, and it does sound good, in order to preach the gospel, you must use words. It says when necessary, use words. Words are necessary. You know, this idea of preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words sounds nice, but it's kind of like saying feed starving children at all times and when necessary, use food. Right? If you're going to feed somebody, you better have some food. If you're going to preach the gospel, you better have words to go along with it. And in the same way, in order to celebrate Thanksgiving as a way of life, in order for Thanksgiving to be a defining characteristic of your life, you must Say so. And y'all, this is not complicated. It's really not. Let people know that you're thankful. And why? Let your attitude first. You know, your attitude goes out in front of you like a a good cologne or a bad cologne. I don't know if you've experienced this before. I used to work at an auto auction, one of my my many jobs before I actually started college. And um, some of the car dealers, right, before they got to the car, I don't know if they bought cologne by the gallon or what it was, but it was like it would hit the ground and scurry over to you and just attack you, right? And some of it was really bad. But every once in a while, you'd smell something and you'd say, oh, that's pretty nice right there. That should be what our attitude is like. That should be what our countenance is like. And along with that, we don't need to complicate this idea of saying so. Let your countenance exhibit joy. And y'all, be willing to talk to people. You know, you never know how a conversation can impact someone. For one reason, you never really know what somebody else is going through. Really and truly, we don't. We, we think that we do. Sometimes we have a good idea. But people are going through stuff, and we don't even know, y'all. You never know how an uplifting word can absolutely change somebody's life. But when we don't do that as God's people, what does it say? What does it exhibit? One of my favorite comedians used to talk about how Christians' problems, one of the biggest problems we face in American Christianity is Christians walk around acting like they got baptized in vinegar, right? Because we just have this, this tone about us. That shouldn't be us. We should be joyous. And your words ought to reveal your thankfulness. Just like evangelism. Evangelism, telling people about Jesus doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be about knowing all the answers and having the right formula and all this other stuff just tell people what god's done for you i promise you in our world that is so hurting in our world that is looking for answers everywhere and remember hungry people eat garbage our world is hungry for the truth and they're believing some ludicrous things let your words reveal your thankfulness That's one way. So this question, how do we make Thanksgiving a way of life? What's the best way to give thanks? The first way is we're told to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, that's the first command. The second command goes along with the first, and it shows us how we are to say so, how we are to proclaim our thankfulness and gratitude. In verse 8, at the end, we read, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. How do we show our thankfulness? It's praise, you see. Our saying so, our thanksgiving should be indicated by our praise. Praising God indicates that you recognize who the Lord is. It recognizes that you, it means that you recognize what the Lord has done. And it means that you recognize that you belong to him. And praise takes several forms here. Again, this is broad. Let, Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Praise takes several forms, just like proclamation, proclaiming your thanksgiving, saying so. You can live a life of praise, glorifying and honoring God with your actions, showing your thanksgiving by what you do with your resources, your time, your money. Y'all, Jesus was clear about this. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. People know. People know. But realize this isn't just about money. It's about how you spend your time, your energy, your effort. The way you live indicates your praise. Whether you like it or not. 
But we dare not, again, forget the confession aspect of this. Just like proclamation, saying so. In other words, it's not good enough to just show your thanksgiving. You have to say it. You have to indicate your praise with your words. And this is where what ought to be obvious comes in. Let me ask you. Do you really praise God? Do you give God the credit for all that comes your way in life? When you're talking about how life works with people, do you point them to God through you saying how thankful you are for God's blessing? Do you take the opportunity to let folks know where you stand? Realize that everybody else in the world does this. You know, Christians complicate evangelism. The world around you does not complicate evangelism. They just have a different religion than we do. Oftentimes their evangelism is in their bumper stickers. It's seen in the way that people argue with each other, how they burn people down. I've told you all before, I think the biggest religion in the United States is politics right now. And people are not shy about proselytizing people for politics. Why should we be about the truth? Do you take the opportunity to let folks know where you stand? And speaking of the obvious here, that ought to be obvious. Do you really worship God? You know, the old Puritan understanding of worship was actually worthship, W-O-R-T-H. It's where we ascribe God's worth to him. And again, this is where the obvious ought to come in. Are you committed to being a regular part of a Bible-believing church? And realize that commitment is comprehensive, right? It's not this AAA thing, right? We talked about this with the Holy Spirit, where some people treat God like this cosmic AAA card. When life is going great, they don't even think about him, but when they need him, they pull out their card and say, okay, God, my life is in a wreck. I need you now. You know, if we didn't treat God like that, then maybe our lives wouldn't be in a wreck to begin with, but that's for another sermon. Nevertheless, as it comes to this, are you committed to the church? I realize that I asked that on the coldest day of, <laughs> well, the coldest day of the new season that's upon us. But when you go to church, not only are you committed to church, when you go to church, do you praise God at church? Or do you go to church just to go? Do you praise God with your singing? Do you praise God through prayer? I've said it so many times, worship is not a spectator sport, y'all. Do you come to church intent on praising God? And yes, I know you can praise God anywhere. In fact, we're called to be thankful at all times. I don't deny that. But y'all, and if you're online, I love you enough to tell you this. I've heard it said recently and I liked it. Someone said about never committing to church but only doing the online stuff. It's the equivalent to the Yule Log DVD or station on television. Anybody know what that is? If you know what I'm talking about, you know, right? It's the channel that you can put on your television and it's the nice fireplace that pops up. Every once in a while, we light the fireplace in the manse and put this on too, just to have a double fire in there. But here's the thing, right? Forget about that example. But if you put this up, don't say you don't have a fireplace. This is popular at Christmas time. It looks beautiful, right? You can hear the crackling and popping of the Yule log. Sometimes you can even hear, you know, light laughter in the background, a little murmur talking like it's a great big family gathering. And it's beautiful, right? But can you feel the warmth from that fireplace? Is it a substitute for really gathering with people that you love? No, it's not. Not saying it doesn't serve a purpose. And y'all, I understand that sometimes folks have to be online. I get that. With COVID, and I'm, if you need to be online, I, please, I'm not talking about that. But y'all, there's been a great falling away in the church in the United States. Old Providence has been blessed. We've grown through COVID. That's rare. A lot of churches, people left and they never went back. Some are joining online. Y'all, it's never a substitute. Part of living a life of praise means gathering together with God's people. Realize that this is plural. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This isn't just about being an individual. God's people are commanded to praise him as individuals, yes, but to worship God also together as the whole. That's why the psalmist goes on to write in verse 8, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Do you hear the tone? 
It's as if the psalmist is pleading with you. And we know that this is God's word. He used the psalmist to write it. But this is God's heart on display. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Oh, that they would recognize. Oh, that they would see. That they would remember what God has done. I asked you before, do you really praise God? Now let me ask you something else. Like the psalmist, do you desire to see God praised? Do you desire to see God glorified? Because here's the thing, this denotes real thanksgiving as well. If you don't have a desire to see God praised, if you don't want to see God glorified, it it just doesn't make sense because if you recognize what God has done for you, if you see his hand at work, Well, then you'll not only want to praise him, you'll want others to praise him too. That's why we're to be thankful. That's why we're told to say so, as verse 2 says. That's why we're to praise God, as verse 8 says. Because he alone is worthy of worship. This is why we tell people about Jesus. This is why we desire that people who don't know Jesus would come to know him. Not just for their salvation, but for God's glory. For God's worship. And if you don't see this, If you don't have this desire, and if you don't have a desire to offer thanks, I I think I started with the wrong question this morning if this is you. You see, I started by asking, how do we make Thanksgiving a way of life? What's the best way to give thanks? But if you don't see why you ought to give thanksgiving, why we ought to say so, why we ought to praise God, then a better question is why offer thanksgiving at all? This is where the middle of the text comes in. That, that portion in verses 3 through 7 about the Israelites from of old. Yes, those, those same Israelites who were delivered from Egypt and they're wandering in the desert wilderness. Y'all, the desert is such a cruel place as our text describes it. I was just there, you know, in, in Africa and Namibia, but still, I took this picture to denote the land, right? It, it's not only dry, it's just inhospitable. No water, so little food, rocky ground. If you're not on sand, just the regular ground, you can't even balance a card table on it, right? Not to mention freezing at night, burning up during the day. As verses 4 and 5 said, they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. Do you get the, 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 the hidden meaning of that verse? They wandered, they, in a solitary way. You ever been part of a group and felt absolutely alone? That's how God describes this. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their souls fainted within them. And yet, if you're wondering why offer Thanksgiving at all, verses 6 and 7 tell us because Then they cried unto the Lord with their trouble and and he delivered them out of their distress and he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Did you hear that? If you're wondering why we ought to offer thanksgiving, it's because the Lord delivers. And why? Is it because they were good people? Is it because they did anything to deserve it? No, quite the contrary. If you know the story of the Exodus, you know that they did the opposite. Complaining, grumbling, creating idols for themselves, pursuing false gods. Y'all, when food fell from the sky, this is hard for us, we, we cannot comprehend. Food fell from the sky in the desert. And what did they say? Numbers 11.5, they remembered the fish and the leeks, and the onions, and the garlic of Egypt. They forgot about the brutal slavery part. So it's not about them being good people that brought about the Lord's deliverance. God didn't deliver them because they were good. Quite the contrary, in verse 1, we're given the reason that they were delivered. Look at it with me again. Verse 1, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? For he is good. His mercy endureth forever. It wasn't their goodness, you see, that led to this command for thanksgiving. 
for saying so and praising God. No, it's God's goodness and God's mercy. You remember when they created that golden calf, right? Aaron said, I threw the gold into the fire and the calf jumped out. In the history of terrible excuses that one brother has given to another one, that's pretty high up there, right? But the people pursued these false gods. Remember, after Moses came down with the law, he smashed the tablets. And then we have this conference between he and God. And God says that he's going to destroy Israel. Remember, he said, I'm going to destroy the Hebrews. And Moses, I'm going to build a new people for myself. And they're going to come out of you. Do you remember what Moses said? He went to God and he begged God for mercy. And the reason he gave to God is, is one of the worst human reasons you could possibly come up with. He said to God, forgive them because you always forgive your people. You know, if you're trying to get somebody to do something, it's not a good reasoning tactic or argument to say, well, you always do it, so why don't you do it this time again? That usually doesn't work with people because we're people. And yet what Moses did with God is he reminded God you love to show mercy. You love to show grace. God, you should forgive your people because that's who you are. You're good. My friends, the reason he forgave his people, the reason he led them out of the wilderness, ultimately, it wasn't their goodness. It was his goodness. His mercy. And here's the thing, back to our question, why should we offer thanksgiving? While our circumstances are certainly different than those of ancient Israel, if you know the Lord, do you not see that you too once wandered in the wilderness, having no salvation, having no fulfillment? And if you don't remember that time of your wandering in the wilderness, do you realize where you would be without Jesus Christ? If you don't, look at the world around you. Look at the hopelessness, the wondering, the wandering, the deception, the using. And the world offers so many remedies to give you fulfillment. And they're almost always just trying to sell you something, right? The landfill is full of things that don't matter that people thought would bring them joy and contentment and happiness. And it's all false. So if you don't remember when you didn't know Jesus, you can at least reflect on where you would be without him because without him you would have no hope, no rest, no purpose, no contentment with death around every corner because that's who we all are without Jesus. But with him, we have purpose. We have life instead of death and destruction. This is why Thanksgiving is to be the primary characteristic of our lives. This is why Thanksgiving isn't about just one day. This is why Thanksgiving is for every day. And again, if you don't see this, I love you enough to tell you, if, if your heart isn't filled with gratitude for what the Lord has done for you, by virtue of the mere fact that you're here even, if you would say, well, I've never wandered in the desert, that's because you're still there and you just don't feel the sand. But if you know the Lord, if you realize what he's done for you, you know. If you're not characterized by thanksgiving and gratitude, the reality is you may not know that God is good because you may not have experienced his mercy. If that is you, turn to Christ today. The gospel is free. It is free and beautiful. And it is for you and him. If you'll ask him to be Lord of your life, he will, and you'll be changed. If you want to come and talk to me after the service, I'll, I'll be here. We need to do that because we need to get this squared away because it's the most important thing ever. But if you have done this, examine yourself. Do you testify to God's goodness by saying so? Is your life characterized by praise? If so, wonderful. Keep on going. Don't stop because you have no idea how the Lord will use that. But if it's not... Take this opportunity today. Don't wait until Thanksgiving Day. Do it today. 
take the time to consider what the Lord has done for you. And do what this passage says. Give thanks to him and praise his name. After all, he still satisfies the longing soul. If you had to think of one thing to describe the world around us, it would be that it's full of longing souls. He still satisfies the longing soul. He, He still fills the hungry soul with goodness. And all through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Father, we praise you for your promise. We praise you for your word. We praise you for life in Christ. If there are any here that do not know you, and they know they don't know you, not in terms of mentally accepting, but in terms of living, if they don't have a relationship with you, work in their hearts now that they would see their great need and they would see that in you alone can their wondering and wandering stop. For in you there is life and purpose. But for those that have done that, oh, Father, that we would praise you. That we would live lives of praise. All because of what you have done and what you will yet do. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now as we close together, let's sing that other great Thanksgiving hymn. It is number 525 in your red hymnal. Let's stand as we sing. Come ye thankful people, come. Number 
receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace, both now and forevermore. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you.